I'm Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Morgan Stanley, a proud sponsor of StoryCorps. Morgan Stanley is committed to giving back and to fostering meaningful dialogue among people and communities. MorganStanley.com. Growing up in Brooklyn, the thing that brought my block together was the bodega. The guys behind the counter knew my name. They always asked how my family was doing. And if I didn't have enough money for coffee or the chips I wanted, they knew I was good for it anyway. I always just felt welcomed. But whatever part of the country we live in, it's the people around us who can transform a sidewalk, a building, or a bodega into so much more. It's the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. I'm your host, Camila Kashani. This week, we're sharing stories from people who bring their whole heart to the places they live and help create that feeling of home for everyone around them. We start things off just a subway ride away from where I grew up, across the East River in Manhattan. That's where sanitation workers Angelo Bruno and Eddie Nieves teamed up together for almost a decade. Their garbage route went right through the West Village. At StoryCorps, they remembered how hauling trash turned them into local treasures. Eddie begins the conversation. Everybody would just come out just to talk to you. People would say, oh, good morning, Angelo. Good morning, Eddie. You want a cup of coffee? You want lunch? And the nuns kissing us, too. We had nuns on the route. You know, I never had that before. <laughs> the younger guys would ask me, how did you get that? It's just a little good morning. Have a nice weekend. Hey, you look great today. I could do 14 tons of garbage. I can't lift a baby carriage off of stuff and carry it down or hold someone's baby when they went to get their car. The garbage ain't going nowhere. You know, the garbage will be there a half hour from now, an hour. So when you get it, you get it. He made a statement one day that he does all the work and I do all the talking. It came out wrong. Look how he's getting at it. It just came out wrong. I deserve it. (laughs) When I first came on a job, there was one old time, I remember Gordy Flo, his name was. One day he stopped the truck. He tells me, Angelo, you look down this block first. See all the sidewalks are all crowded up with garbage. So I didn't think nothing of it. My father always told me to respect my oldest. I get to the end of the block, and he stops me again. Get out of the truck. Look back. Nice and clean, right? People go walk on a sidewalk. Guys can make deliveries. Be proud of yourself. The day that people learned that you were going to retire, we went maybe a block or two blocks, and six people came up to him saying, you're crazy. What am I going to do when you leave? I'm a little bit of a marshmallow anyway, but I never thought my last day would be so emotional for me. He's crying, they're crying, I'm crying, watching them cry. I've been very lucky because uh, it's the best part I ever had. We used to try to take the same vacation and try to have the same day off. And uh, I miss my partner. I feel the same way, Eddie, I'll be honest with you. I, I miss it terribly. I'm like that little kid looking out the window now when I hit a truck. I think I could have done another 31 years. Angelo Bruno and Eddie Nieves, lifting people's spirits one trash can at a time. In 2016, Eddie joined Angelo in retirement, but he still walks their garbage route to keep in touch with their old friends. Next, a couple whose love for each other helped reshape an entire neighborhood. Sharon and Larry Adams have spent the last 20 years fixing up homes in the Lindsay Heights area of Milwaukee. 
They started in the 90s, when Sharon had just moved back to the city and needed to make repairs on her family home. Larry turned out to be the perfect man for the job. I was a contractor, and I was asked to come rewire the house, and somewhere you asked, did I want tea? I had five jobs going on at the same time. I'm smoking two packs of cigarettes a day and didn't have time for none of that, but out of my mouth came, yes. And you drank tea with me, and you fixed my switch. Free of charge. (laughs) Free of charge. (laughs) And I knew you were looking at me, and I'd never met anyone who had such a gentleness and a firmness at the same time and wouldn't let me look deep into his eyes. I wanted to finish the job (laughs) so that I could fire myself from the job. Then I would engage in dealing with you. (laughs) So we didn't see each other for a while. That's true. And then... Then we went for ice cream. That was our first date. I'm thankful to God every day since. And I remember in conversation, you told me Walnut Street was a place historically where African-American entrepreneurs had resided. And in this area, there were elm trees up and down the block that kissed in the middle of the street. Right. So it was very dark on this block, right? Because most of the homes were boarded. And Christmas Eve, we were sitting in the, in the kitchen looking out. And you said, what's going on with those flickering of those lights? And it was crack pipes. We looked at each other and said, this is... It's not right. It's not right. And you said... I want you to do that house, please. I just say please, right? Oh, absolutely. Your eyes always say please. That was the first renovation on this block. So the renovation of our own home became secondary to the renovation of our community. And there is such a blessing in the commitment that you and I have for each other. And I get great joy when that commitment manifests itself, block by block, Household by household. Before I was renovating homes, but to take it deeper to renovate communities is a purposeful life. I love you. Love you too, baby. That's Larry and Sharon Adams for StoryCorps in 2018. We checked in with them recently, and they're still very much in love with each other and with their city. After the break, we hear from two people who continue to show up for their neighbors, even during a pandemic. Stay with us. Support for the StoryCorps podcast and the following message come from Subaru. 
When the pandemic began, Subaru and its retailers donated 50 million meals to local food banks. The need is still so great, they're doing it again. Through the Subaru Love Promise, Subaru and its retailers across the country are making a donation to provide an additional 100 million meals to Feeding America. This action will help make meals available at 199 local food banks across the country. The Subaru Love Promise. It's one more reason why Subaru is more than a car company. Decades before the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s, Marcus Garvey attracted millions of followers with a message of Black self-sufficiency and Black nationalism in Africa. For our Black History Month special series, The Seismic Influence and Complicated Legacy of Marcus Garvey. Listen now to the Throughline podcast from NPR. The pandemic has definitely changed the way we interact with each other. But these next two stories are about continuing to connect with people even during quarantine. First, we take you back to April of 2020, when one woman decided to get to know her small town in a different way. I'm Ginny Savalainen, and I've been interviewing my neighbors here in Leverett, Massachusetts. Being isolated was really difficult for Ginny. Her daughter died in 2019, and when the pandemic hit, she lost her job. She wanted to do something meaningful with her time. So she sent an email to the town listserv and asked people to talk to her about life during COVID. We're going to listen to a few of those recordings done through StoryCorps Connect with Ginny leading the way. One of the people I spoke with was Betsy Neisner. Fear. I don't do fear. (laughs) You know, I've had advanced cancer for 18 years. So I have made my peace with uncertainty. Another person I interviewed was Portia Weiskel. I heard about people applauding to express gratitude for essential workers. And I said, well, what are we going to do in Leverett? And I said, howling. It's a, it's a funny moment where you go out there and say, who's going to howl first? <laughs> Mary Hankinson is our local mask maker. What I thought would be just handing out 15 or 20 masks, we've made hundreds. Mary is a nurse, and she told me what it was like inside the nursing home where she works. When people get sick, they're transferred to a COVID unit. You watch them go out the door and you think, I'm never going to see you again. I don't get to hug you while you're dying. In all my years there, I have never let anyone die alone. And yet we have been forced to. And I remember one woman, she was an old farmer, and she was spunky. I like spunky little old ladies. And she said, they tell me I have that virus. And I said, well, your test is out. We don't know that you have it. Well, of course, her test came back positive. That was the point at which the tears came, you know. They're very lucky to have you. Being a recent widow, I really miss companionship. I'm okay while I'm doing something. It's when it's time to take a break, and that's when I go crap, I wish I could talk to somebody other than the dog. Mm-hmm. And actually, I do talk to the dog a lot. And if they ever invent something where they can figure out how to get all the thoughts out of a dog's mind, I'm screwed. <laughs> Doing these interviews gave me a sense of purpose and meaning that I badly needed. Just when things seemed so dark, I found some light in the words of the people all around me. I'm curious if you had advice or words of wisdom. To not hold on to how things were before this 
and what we're missing. I just think that we need to remind ourselves of how amazing it is to be alive at all. I feel that so deeply. I hope that we do carry the lessons of kindness because I think we have learned lessons. Even if you're not able to articulate them all the time, they're there. We are changed as a people. That's the Leverett crew and Ginny Savalainen for StoryCorps. And finally, we want you to meet Scott McCauley, a vacuum repairman from Melrose, Massachusetts. For the last three decades, he's been hosting a Thanksgiving dinner at his house for people who don't have anywhere else to go. Of course, it's not Thanksgiving right now, but Scott's holiday tradition goes way beyond turkey. It started back when Scott's parents got divorced, and he found himself alone on the holiday. I just thought, well, there must be some other people that are in the same boat. And why should they have that rotten feeling? Why should they be stuck home alone? So what I did was I put an ad in the local paper, and I offered to cook Thanksgiving dinner for 12 people if they gave me a call. So that's what I did. Over the years, Scott's had more than 100 people sitting at his table. But in 2020, because of COVID, he wasn't able to host his usual gathering. Over StoryCorps Connect, he spoke with his friend, Loretta St. Louis, about the first time she came to one of his dinners. I was new to Melrose, and I didn't really know people here. And I saw the advertisement, I think it was in the paper, and it took a bit of courage for me to just call you. What was your first impression of this crazy guy on the other end of the phone? (laughs) (laughs) You were so friendly. I was blown away. All the care that you put into it. It felt like I was going to a family Thanksgiving event, and I'm going to miss that a lot. Yeah, because of the COVID-19 crisis, I've offered people alternatives to us getting together. It's nice to know that you still want to feed us, but it's the togetherness of it that's important. You know, all the people that come, they are young and old, male, female, from different places, backgrounds, and countries. And what I find always interesting is, despite the great differences, they all have similar things that they're thankful for. And some of them will make you cry. Some of you will say, their son's now speaking to them. You know, no matter what your condition is, health-wise, financial, and newly divorced or newly widowed, they focus for some time on good things. And I think that's wonderful. What advice do you have? For people who will be alone this year? I would say, call everybody and anybody that you can think of. Tell them, I love you. Don't talk with your mouth full, you know. (laughs) We don't want spraying turkey all over the computer screen or the phone. (laughs) But connect with as many people that you think might be alone or would appreciate a call. And tell them you're thinking of them. My philosophy is I can't fix the country or the world or even the town, but I can brighten my own corner. It doesn't matter what any of the differences that we can divide ourselves with. If your neighbor's house is burning down, you run to help. You run to put the fire out. I'm not going to sit around, talk about it. I'm just going to do something about it. And that's sort of what the Thanksgiving dinner is all about. That would be my hope for America, that everybody would just right in the corner where they are. 
Scott McCauley with his friend Loretta St. Louis. That's all for this week's episode. To read about the music we used, head to storycore.org. While you're there, you can also check out original artwork created by Lindsay Mound. This episode was produced by Sylvie Lubau and edited by Judd S.T. Kendall. Our technical director is Jared Floyd, who also composed our theme song. Our fact checker is Natsumi Ajisaka. Special thanks to StoryCorps producers Jasmine Morris, Nadia Raymond, Michael Garofalo, Aisha Turner, Afi Yellowduke, and Jay Bourne, and facilitators Grace Polly and Gaspar Caro. For the StoryCorps podcast, I'm Camila Kashani. Catch you next week. This podcast is brought to you by supporters of StoryCorps, an independently funded nonprofit organization, and is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.